give me a moment's peace and take out the trash. We pay taxes for people to come and take the garbage. Hey, listen, Greeny, no more sneaking rides to the junkyard. Yeah, man, take a taxi when you want to go to the junkyard. Welcome to Hot Trash Unlimited, the show where me, Joe, and me, Caleb, <laughs> go to the theaters and watch Evan Hansen. Oh, no, you could have kept singing. I would have kept talking. Like, oh, like they Whenever do. he sings in the movie. <laughs> That would have been good. I didn't think that far into the bit. So uh, th- we go to the theaters. We see movies that we think are going to be hot trash. 90% of the time we see movies like this. No, I don't think, I'll be honest, I don't think we've ever seen such an easy target to make fun of. <laughs> this movie is... Charlie's Angels? Charlie's Angels had more potential to be good. Yeah. I think this, I, I almost don't want to make fun of it. It's like you go out hunting and you see like a two-legged deer and you decide that's the one you're going to shoot. <laughs> Like, it doesn't seem fair. I, I have to justify the last two hours and 17 minutes that I spent. I think we've already established it, but hey, Joe, what did we see this week? We saw Dear Evan Hansen, the theatrical version of the play. Um, no one signed your cast. Now we can both pretend we have friends. I'm sorry about my brother. Have you ever felt forgotten in the middle of nowhere? I wish everything was different. I wish I was part of something. I wish that anything I said mattered. Have you ever felt like you could disappear? Dear Evan Hansen. Yeah, yeah, that's mine. I'll, I'll, I'll just take it. Wait, I really, I need that back. Like you could fall and no one would hear. Connor took a letter from me and it was an assignment from my therapist. Ew. Even when the dark comes crashing through. Connor's mother and stepfather are here to see you. When you need a friend to carry you. Connor wanted you to have this. And when you're broken on the ground. Dear Evan Hansen, he wrote it to you. His last words. Connor took his own life. He won. Oh, God. Okay. Based on a very popular and one of the biggest, like, recent hits of Broadway. Very successful, too, right? Yes. By Lester and Paul, I think is their name. It's Levinson and Paul. They're the duo behind Greatest Showman and La La Land. So some some big hits. One movie that I like, one movie that I haven't seen. Yeah. And the lead star returns for this. Oh boy, does he. So you'd think that this is set up to be a great movie. Uh, maybe even Oscar worthy. I sure think that's what they were hoping for because there are a lot of capital A acting moments in this. Oh yeah. Watch me, listen to me, act. Witness me. Man, our holiday season for musicals is just like, it just keeps giving. Well, this isn't quite holiday season. Yeah, this is a little too early. Yeah. I think I think they were like, musicals do good around the holidays. Oh, wait, Matrix 4. Oh, wait, Dune. Oh, wait, No Way Home. Nope, nope, nope. Move it up, move it up. It can go up against Venom 2. Hey, Joe, what's this movie about? Dear Evan Hansen follows... I was going to call him a boy, but a 20-year-old man named Evan Hansen. He's a, he's a little awkward, and at his high school that he's been at for 11 years, he's not very popular. He's a, he, I mean, he has no friends, none at all. But then... Except for the one he has. No, family friend. Uh, yes, you yes. Don't misjudge their, their relationship, Yes, as he okay. states. No friends. Until one day, there's this boy named Connor. Who the other kids refer to as a school shooter to get to paint you an image of what he looks like. He, he doesn't even like look a, like that. He's he not wearing like, a trench coat or anything. He's like Midwest emo. Yeah, that's what that's all it is. Yeah. Paints his nails black. Writes uh, his name on his on his on his cast that he has. Yeah, on his arm, and he's like, "Here, we can both pretend we have friends." Yeah, and it's like, ah, but then Connor finds this uh, 
letter that Evan wrote himself for therapy, those therapist recommends he does to build his self-confidence. And it mentions his sister. And Connor misjudges this and takes it as Evan was using him somehow, making fun of him. Don't really know how that leap of logic got there. I, I think that's fine. Connor is clearly yes troubled so at that point you're you're kind of wondering what the mental mental gymnastics were though i'm about to say this knowing full well that connor is in two scenes of this musical i think he's probably the character who's best understood by the writers got out the movie as fast as he could yeah and uh connor commits suicide and his parents find the note that evan wrote himself that connor has and think it was Connor's note to Evan and Evan rolls with it and lies to everyone that Connor was his best friend and uses it to gain clout. He's yeah. a, well, it's not quite popularity, but like acceptance, like a personality notoriety. Yeah. yeah. He uses it to build like a persona and more importantly to get a girlfriend who just happens to be the sister. Yeah. Connor's little sister. You know, uh, I do want to emphasize uh, very popular musical. We are just talking about the movie. So don't don't get mad at us if we go after your or do I'll fight Broadway. back. Um, we can't we can't fight back because we haven't seen the Broadway musical. No, there. I can fight back against people getting mad at me about yeah, this yeah. movie. I'll fight back. No one can justifiably get mad at us for what we're about to say at the movie. This movie's terrible. Um, <laughs> but like the musical, maybe it's more self aware. I don't know. But this movie is the cringiest piece of media I have ever seen. Partly because the premise is just let's put awkward character in socially awkward situations, but also because a 30-year-old man is walking around with, admittedly... Other 30-year-olds. <laughs> yes, but none of them look like it. Uh, there's some extras in there. During the during the uh, pep rally at the very beginning, there's a lot of, like, okay, no one looks their age. But Alana and Zoe and Jared all look like they can play high schoolers. Yeah. Ben Platt. And part of the problem with this is one of the first things you see him do is put on a pair of New Balance sneakers. So <laughs> yeah, like, I saw that. I was like, oh, it just keeps giving. <laughs> so like already setting him up to be an old man. But like he looks like someone should be calling the police. Well, yeah. Him. Do you think they're like, put him in stripes. That'll make him look like a kid. <laughs> He's ready I, for his school photos. Obviously makeup and stuff. They're trying to make him look either more awkward or younger. And neither of it's working. And the haircut. He's He looks so old. Like, <laughs> Ben Platt is an attractive man in other things. He looks like an ancient troll in this. (laughs) And I get it. Like Evan Hansen shouldn't be like a handsome character, but that's handsome. That's not what they're doing here. What they're doing is they're trying to justify this terrible casting choice. I get it. He played him on Broadway. He was probably great. Cast someone else. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's start there. Does this movie just feel like a huge ego stroke for him? To you, like it does for me. Like, it feels like so, everybody's just like, you're so good, Ben. Oh, that that performance was chilling, Ben. Everything outside of the movie makes me think that. Because his response to people is like, well, this movie probably wouldn't have been made if they didn't cast me. And I'm like, really? Don't, don't bless us with that idea. I'm, don't give us hope. These two people, Levinson and Paul, have two bangers under their belt with Greatest Showman and La La Land. Uh, yeah. It wouldn't have been made without you, Ben. Someone who, like, people may remember from Pitch Perfect. Calm down. And then, of course, his dad was a producer on this. But in the movie itself, I don't think it's, like, an ego thing. I don't know. He's got the acting moments for me. Just over-exaggerating, over-singing everything. Like, over-singing over everyone. His eyes bugging out. That's kind of the overacting thing. It's like, you're in a movie. 
You you don't need to do. You're not on this. You're not on the stage, Buckaroo. Yeah, like you, everybody can see the camera's right here. <laughs> so many awkward close-ups, and like he's always hunched over too, which I also think is probably something he was trying to do to make himself look younger. Yeah, always his hands are always like up, like. But please, it, master. It always looks like he's gonna explode out and like eat Zoe or something. <laughs> he's such make a out with every woman on the screen, including his mother and Zoe's mother. Uh yeah. What I'm getting at is why cast this guy? Yes, he's the star of the of the show or whatever. I feel like there would have been like at least two other people from the like the play. Yeah, if that like, were the reason from the tw- yeah, like at least or like a cameo from some other people. If it was like we're honoring the play's legacy. Yeah, make him the dad. He <laughs> <laughs> could pull it off. I bet if I saw him on Broadway, I'd be like, he did a good job, mm-hmm. and he certainly knows how to sing, but. Oh yeah, I'm not knocking him for his singing. Man, man can sing. Yeah, but like everyone else in this movie understands, except maybe Amy Adams, that they are <laughs> that they need to play this stuff like close to the chest and like be strategic about how their emotions come out. And but, Alana, but you performed it best at the beginning of this. Every song is like one stanza of. Really quiet and, and very then, emotional. And then, have you ever felt like? And, like, and then, and then, it always ends. It goes back to very quiet. Yeah, it goes from shy person their first time at karaoke to like Hugh Jackman and Les Mis. <laughs> oh, it's so awkward. Back but, to oh, I'm actually sober and I'm very embarrassed at karaoke again. But like sometimes we go and see movies and there's only one big thing to harp on, like. Ben Platt's miscasting in this, but no, there's so much more. Dear Evan Hansen keeps giving. All right, let's break this down. Who's who's next in our sights? Let's hop to Alana by talking about one of the most awkward scenes in the movie, and that's saying a lot. So Evan sings his big song about how sad he is, and he walks in. Which one? (laughs) And he walks into the gymnasium, and like it, it cranes out, and he's like alone in the sea of people. He goes to sit over by his friend, not friend, Jared. family friend at the soundboard. Okay, y'all, this soundboard has one input. It's this quarter inch cable. I'm not sure where it's going. <laughs> we do see the mic that's supposedly hooked into it. The mic has an XLR coming out. Yes, of it. yes, and of course there are speakers, right? But there are no, there's no outputs. <laughs> From the, it, it shows a wide shot of the soundboard, and there is no no cables anywhere near it. Joe, Caleb, Caleb, you're not thinking of the matters at hand. Deforestation. And then we're introduced to probably the worst character in this play that's about a terrible person. Definitely. Definitely Alana. the worst character. Alana's first lines are, go Bobcats. Isn't this fun? You know it's not fun. Deforestation. Which sounds like something I would say to Joe as I a joke. At, I looked at him, I was like... <laughs> they could have just cast us. <laughs> they wouldn't even need to write lines. It'd be age appropriate. I'm younger than Ben Platt. <laughs> oh God. It's, I laughed so hard <laughs> when she said that. And then it like, they cuts to him talking to Jared and Jared in this movie, God bless him. is just like one note. I don't care about anything. Yeah. Which fair enough. Most high school attitude in the movie, but then it will randomly cut back to her and she'll say things like bottle you in and like just random words that have nothing to do with the conversation or the overall plot. It's so awkward. You know, it also is awkward. Every time she speaks a line. I mean, you you obviously didn't like her performance. So ADR is a thing. Yeah. There is noticeable ADR in this movie. The most noticeable ADR I've ever heard in a movie. Yes. 
All outside of student films. So, some of it comes from her. I'm convinced she didn't. They didn't use any of her actual takes on set. Everything she say, says sounds like it was comped together. Where they're like, "Oh, she pronounced that word a little better," but none of the like inflection. I don't know. It's kind of like a text to speech. Yeah, thing. it's the TikTok AI that talks. That's what she sounds like. Nothing sounds like she she's confident in like any of her thoughts. See, she w- and this I, is in the acting, not in the in the delivery, not in the characterization. Yes, I think that I didn't pick up on this mainly because I was still reeling about how awkward Ben Platt was in all these scenes. <laughs> but the thing that really stuck out so much about her to me is she is two different types of terrible characters and there is a brief moment in the middle when you think that she'll be a good character but she isn't when you first meet her and she's like oh this is just like a cringy person who like picks a an activist topic of the week yeah but never like sees it through or whatever then there's a brief moment where you're like oh no i'm just as messed up as everyone else it's just i hide it behind being productive which i think is a good idea uh-huh. and i think her song about that is nice then she turns into, if we fail in rebuilding this orchard, Evan Hansen. Every kid will commit suicide. <laughs> including me, Evan. <laughs> Have you forgot what I told you on the swings? It's either she's delusional enough to believe her lies or she's manipulating this manipulator. And she never has any consequences for her terrible actions. Yeah, she. so I think the most terrible moment, Evan sends uh, her the fake suicide note to get her off her back. Or get her off his back about... Because she starts having doubts that he actually knew um, Connor. Yeah. Like any rational person would. Because his story does not line up whenever he talks about it. He truly is a Walter White. (laughs) And she is his Skyler. (laughs) And then she's like, we're down $20,000. I know it can get us there. Pity. (laughs) So she posts the suicide note online, which has consequences for the parents. And then she deletes it. And then that's the last we really deal with a lot well she deletes it but it's too late the redditors have their hands on it (laughs) the redditors have gone too far everything goes super viral in this world everything this is like a 2008 youtube type not 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 just everything 20 videos of the same thing yes they really captured every angle each independently going viral yeah also weird thing about this you see facebook you see instagram you see reddit you see tiktok do you see TikTok? Yeah, they do a stitch at one point. Okay, I I did not think you ever saw TikTok. Or a duet. And I was about to say, the only place any of this cringy stuff could go viral is TikTok. It's on TikTok. It's on TikTok. During his big uh, his big speech in front of the school, there's like people that duet themselves in talking yeah. about it. Doing the classic TikTok thing where they just nod. When she releases the suicide note, everyone's getting mad at the family and not her. And the family's not even mentioned in the suicide note. Zoe is mentioned very lack briefly. of mentioning well, that is yeah. the problem in people's eyes. Which is dumb. If I read a suicide note online, which I wouldn't do because that is highly unethical. <laughs> but if I did and I did not see any mention of like the person's parents, I would think it's not their fault. It's not like this person's main reason was it's like, daddy didn't love me. Hmm. But this person was clearly in a rational state of mind during the writing of this note. Yeah, but this these people are like doing mental gymnastics to be like, these parents must be the worst people in the world. Why are they begging for money? They're rich. Never mind the fact that they are not the ones who set up the Connor fund. Yes, there's a p- part in this where there, where Evan's like, I'm, after he admits that he's been lying, he's like, I'm sorry that you're getting all the flack, Zoe. And Zoe's like, it sucks that like people can't know, but my mom doesn't want you to do anything stupid. Yes, obviously blame Evan. He's a bad person. But you know who's a worse person in this scenario? Evan did not leak the suicide note. No, he didn't. 
Evan did not try to exploit this person's death by first holding a Well, he did, a but not, not in this way. <laughs> yeah. It, yes, that's true. He didn't exploit it for money. He exploited it for sex, which is worse. <laughs> but at least it started. Evan did not start out wanting to exploit it. He started out wanting these people to feel better. We started off wanting them off his back, and then, and yes. then it was... Evan is also a bad person, <laughs> but I think Alana's worse, and Alana never gets any comeuppance. Alana's definitely worse, because I think she's also viewed through the eyes of she, what she's doing is right. I think the movie recognizes that leaking the suicide note is wrong. Yeah. But, like, the movie has this problem with Evan, too. It wants to acknowledge that there are problems with what these characters are doing, but they don't want to punish the characters. Yeah, there's no consequences ever. <laughs> Even when Evan reveals that he's been lying, he has to break up with his girlfriend, no duh. But then he gets in a much better place because of it. <laughs> who do we want to send our sights on next? I know who I'm going for. <laughs> Amy Adams. Amy Adams. Okay, so I'm trying to, as we introduce these characters, explain more of the plot. So you explain Connor very well. Uh, and then we got we get to this part in the second act. Amy Adams is really the one driving the familial connection to Evan. The father is just trying to be like kind of tough about it and be like, we can make this through. He's clearly not like comprehending how he feels about yeah, it. Yeah, he's compartmentalizing. Yeah. And then Zoe's like, Connor was a bad person. I don't want to feel sad, even though she clearly feels sad. But Amy Adams, what they're trying to do is show that she's in denial. What they're doing is showing that she's psychotic. <laughs> You cannot convince me after this performance that Amy Adams has ever been good in anything. She was this bad. She was awful. I hope it's not career ending because Amy Adams is really She's good. Had, she needs a new agent. She's had a few duds lately. I mean, even with Woman in the Window, at least there I can see why she would take that role. That is the type of role that I'm sure she got a nice fat paycheck for. She was working with some good actors. And on paper, I bet that story sounded great. I can see why she took this role. Same reason why I see everybody who took Cats, everybody who took a role in Cats. Big musical. This would probably be good for my career. But here's the thing. Why did she choose- in this direction and you're like, huh? Why did she choose to act like this? She has crazy ex-girlfriend eyes the entire time. She is matching Ben Platt energy. <laughs> That's one thing you shouldn't do. She's absolutely awful in this. She, every, every single time- Evan says something. She she like twists it. Yeah, they're trying to do an in denial thing, but she's just crazy. <laughs> yeah, and she's trying she, to. She's like she's never like reading anything that Evan like his body language, which she has a lot of because he's hunched over the entire time. And I get people don't always react rationally when they're grieving. On the other hand, if this person was really the best friend of your son to the point where he's the person who he's writing in his last moments on earth, why are you making them come to your house and relive like what are probably very traumatic moments yeah. now? And she's dragging her family into this and she's like trying to force her daughter to forget that her son was abusive. Like <sighs> she is a terrible person. Add her to the list. She's not as bad as Evan. She's not as bad as Alana, but she's a bad person. Yeah. And, and she has like, like a one moment of like, she is the adult in this situation. Don't take it out on this kid after uh, everything's been revealed. Yes, it's yeah. a very, very like rational moment in this movie of irrationality. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think it's enough to make up for the rest of the character. No, it's not. This leads pretty well into, I think, talking about the sister because there is a... There Zoe. Is, yeah, Zoe. Because there is a scene where she is talking to her mom about all the kind of abuse she went through at the hands of her brother. And then she has a song and she's dealing very well. I think the actor 
and even the song to a certain extent with like the conflicting grief between like this was a terrible person, but, but it was same, still my brother. Yeah, yeah. Like I feel like that's a very good scene and she's probably the best actor in the movie. Unfortunately, she's after, definitely given the best performance. Yeah. And there's a part later on where she's like thanking Evan first. Like you gave me my brother back and all this stuff. I get why people like this movie. This is the, the play or even the movie. Like it's a very cathartic scene and she's carrying it on her shoulders. And then the camera cuts to Evan and I'm like, Oh God, Oh God, <laughs> cut back to the child. Get an adult in here. Not the adult that the camera's pointing at, but Unfortunately, after this, she's strapped with... She's strapped with Evan. <laughs> quite literally, because they get in a relationship, which is so creepy. It's the most incomprehensible relationship in the world. So, they have connected through Evan's fake grief and... Uh, yes. And Zoe's real grief. Oh, and there's a really creepy song. It's the worst song in the musical where she's like, tell me things that my brother said about <laughs> me to prove that, like... You know, he, he cared about me. And so he just starts listing off things that he finds attractive in her. At the end of it, it's like, Evan, are you telling me my brother wanted to have sex with me? Like, that's what the natural that's, reaction yeah. should have been. Yeah. They they get together and she's like, I don't like you because of my brother. I just like you. It's Why? <laughs> uh, maybe she's just into older men. <laughs> I, I'm waiting for you to bring up your favorite segment because I have little tidbit about the life of high school. All right, let's do this. If y'all go back and listen to our Kissing Booth 2 episode, one of my favorite segments to bring up when I'm on stuff with Joe is, Joe, is this what high school's really like? Because I was homeschooled, so I don't know. Joe, this is the main thing that stuck out to me in this one. Were you ever in a situation where you were like in an assembly hall or a cafeteria or at a party, and then suddenly you start hearing all the notification sounds, and then suddenly everyone looks at their phones and they and start staring at, at one person? <laughs> <laughs> what happened in the grocery? That was my favorite part. It happened so much in this movie. Uh, no, because usually it's one person getting it and then they send it around, which you could say that's what happens here. Um, Just in like a super sped up. Yeah, like, super sped up fashion. No one makes direct eye contact with these people. It's like a it's like a glance, like a uh, kind of thing. My thing is, clicks are a thing in high schools. Yeah. There's always going to be the outcasts Yeah, that are, uh, they don't really fit in with any group. You know what these outcasts do? They find the other outcasts. That's why I was wondering. Maybe your friend wasn't here that day or something like that. In no high school world where it's this big of a school does Evan not have anyone. Literally anyone. There's always going to be another awkward person. I mean, I'm sure there are people out there who do just kind of coast along unnoticed. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely those kinds of people. But like Mr. Evan Hansen, who is so focused on having a connection with someone, would find another awkward person. Yeah. It's also one of the other high school things that bother me like this year's gonna be different. Is it you're not at a new school? Everybody like there's not gonna be any new people. You've been with these people for like the past five years, basically. Yeah, I think that's the real problem with Jared. I, I because Jared is a mess of a character. There's the whole thing that we've riffed on where he's like, No, Evan, we're not f- friends. We're family friends. And I'm like, okay, there are definitely times when you're kind of stuck with people you don't like when your like parents are yeah, you just kind of tolerate them. Yeah. You don't hang out with them at school, though. No, you would so, ju- you would just never talk to them. You don't sit with them at the soundboard that's not plugged into anything. Yeah. And, like, just talk with them the entire time during the assembly. I just think they should have made that character, like, his one friend. I don't think that would have ruined the plot. But also, so this character is super homophobic, but also has one throwaway line about but being he is gay. gay. I'm not sure which came first there. 
It's super no homo 2012 type <laughs> thing. This is the most self-hating gay man in existence. And it's really uncomfortable to watch. But then as the movie goes on, he's like, he's the one that he is the one person that is aware that Evan's in a lie. Yeah. But that never comes into factor. And like sometimes it seems like he's trying to join in on like the Connor clout chasing thing. And sometimes it seems like he's genuinely upset at Evan for doing all this. And sometimes it just seems like he wants his friend back. Cause he has a girlfriend now. I don't understand Jared. He's a different character. Every time a scene happens, he's a hacker. Don't you know? <laughs> he was able to hack into Gmail. It's simple programming. It's simple coding. <laughs> We, we've hit just about everyone. We've hit just about everyone. Julia Moore's in this. She plays the mom. She's extremely absent from Evan's life, and she's extremely absent from this movie. Um, <laughs> there's the dad, generic NCIS guy. Um, Law and order. Yeah, once again, some good ideas around him and like how he's handling his grief. I think, in general, the strongest stuff is about the Hanson, not the Hanson family, the Murphy family. Yeah, Amy Adams with withstanding. <laughs> Yeah, but even the the writing, I think, works. I think it's a performance that ruins it. <laughs> Do we talk about the climax now? Well, I guess the thing with Alana is she starts this group that supposedly is for service projects. That's the worst ADR line I've ever heard. Uh, very noticeable in a, in a theater with already pretty bad sound. The rest of it is she wants to raise the money for this orchard, so that's where a lot of the conflict comes from and then we get to the finale the letter's out there evan goes to the family home and confesses his trouble zoe reasonably breaks it off with him then he goes back and julian moore has her one scene of acting well this is also right the worst song in the movie this is also right after julian moore refuses the murphy family money yeah and uh like I don't know what the point of that scene is supposed to be like you think we're struggling i was like i thought it was established that you are struggling I think it's supposed to call him out on taking advantage of them, but also he didn't know they were going to do this. Yeah. It's just, it's a scene that's thrown in there, but like very easily should have been cut out because it, it ultimately has no bearing on the plot. And it, it's revealed that this uh, scene they keep flashing back to the reason having got his cast because he was like, oh, I fell out of a tree when I was a volunteer, like nature yeah, Ranger. like an internship at a park. Yeah, and it turns out that was a suicide attempt. Yeah, and you've seen flashbacks to it in like little bits and pieces, but you don't actually see the reason why he fell. Yeah. Yeah. And after that, he goes back to the tree. He tries to win an Oscar and, uh, he starts to try to make up for his mistakes. He starts trying to actually learn who Connor is. He gets a video of Connor singing. He sends it to Alana, which is a bad move because you shouldn't trust her with anything related okay, to Connor. No, how he sends it to all these people. He sends a bunch of flash drives in the mail. In a comically large manila envelope. Without his address on it on a return thing. It's just postage and who it's going to. So these people are getting flash drives and plug it into the computer without knowing who it's from. This is like every like PSA. Well, don't like Trojan virus getting put onto your computer as we speak kind of thing. I can see Amy Adams and Alana falling for it. Uh, Jared as a hacker shouldn't. <laughs> but why does Jared get one? No, I don't know. Why does Alana get one? Because she can't be trusted. And why does Jared get one? He doesn't care. His whole thing is that he doesn't care about anything except when he maybe does. Yeah. but And then the movie ends with he goes to the orchard. He meets up with Zoe one last time and they have a little scene. Thank God they don't get back together. I was really worried about that. I thought it was that. just from the way that she was dressed. There are so many like 
2000s-era movies that are all about a man making a mistake and losing a girl, and then he gets rewarded by having the girl back again. I thought this was going to be one of them. Yeah. But thankfully, she's just like, mm, you shouldn't do anything stupid. You know, I would have probably still dated you if you hadn't been a terrible person. Goodbye. He's <laughs> And now he's happy. Now he looks at the apple orchard, which is another, like, plot hole within itself. The, the apple orchard doesn't make sense, though. <laughs> I have to go back to it. I can't just leave it out there. Then I brought it up. Okay. So the like the nature community project that Alana starts, they're raising money to open up this apple orchard because Connor really liked it. And Amy Adams. Allegedly, yeah. Yeah. And Amy Adams is like, that must be where Evan fell out of the tree when him and Connor were at the well, apple orchard. Connor but I thought it closed that, yeah. down months ago. Yeah. Or years ago. I thought it's been closed down forever. So how would they be there? Why would they be raising money for it if they were there? Like the lie like began unraveling immediately. <laughs> It seems like a very, like, nice sentimental place to set the finale of your movie. But in reality, it just raises a lot more questions. And it ends with Evan, like, looking, writing another letter to himself. He's like, I'll do better next time. (laughs) I won't lie to a family that I was friends with their dead son. (laughs) And use it to get their daughter. But if I do, I definitely won't share the supposed suicide note with Alana. <laughs> or tell them about it. The last thing I want to touch on in this, because we, I think we've thoroughly picked apart the movie itself and the acting. The way this movie is shot and directed, the editing is bad all throughout. I forgot you made me remember. There's a moment that looks like an Apple commercial where they're, where like everybody's oh, yeah. screens are like backing out. And it's like, this isn't a movie. It's like all the people reacting to the viral video of Evan's Evan. speech. Yeah. And it's like zooms out and it's, it Forms makes a picture of Connor, Connor and then turns into a profile picture. It's so awkward. That part's bad. There are parts where they're trying to do more with the setup. And there are parts that are good. Like there's a part in the uh, I Feel Conflicted About My Dead Brother song where it ends on her going up the stairs, but the camera stays downstairs and lingers on a picture of her and her brother from when they were kids. And assumably their relationship was better. That that works. That's a good, like, nice little song moment. The crane shot at the beginning where it's like, uh, we're just focusing on Evan. Now zoom out to show like he's just this one person in this world full of people who don't care about him. Good shot. The rest of this movie, though, is just awkwardly filled with characters staring directly into the camera. It like conversation like tighter and tighter and tighter with every word that gets said. Not for like sometimes it's for like oh suspense. We got to make it uncomfortable. Everything's already uncomfortable in this movie, though. And like trying to match the editing to the beat of the music, but not consistently with the rest of the tap, song. Tap. So it just feels super out of place. You know, Moulin Rouge, where they're like constantly cutting. What if we did that, but for only one part of the song? It's uh, not good. No, it's bad. This is a bad movie. This is very bad. Uh, but the question is, is it the kind of bad that we we seek? Is it hot trash? No, no. I Hot trash, I find joy in this. I like. I was the one hunched over in my chair that Evan Hansen was trying to portray. This is a single-use hot trash. I had a lot of fun cringing at this movie and like getting mad at it. Man, I wish we had seen it in an empty theater because I would have been yelling top of my lungs like God's not dead level yelling. Unfortunately, we weren't. I know if I ever go back to this movie, I'll have to turn it off within like the first 30 minutes because it is... Oh, it's so uncomfortable. It's such an uncomfortable movie to watch. I will. Okay. Give this movie one point after all the negatives. For a two hour and 17 minute movie, it it didn't feel that long. Yes. Yeah. That is very true. Is that because I was uncomfortable the entire time? So I wasn't paying attention to everything. Possibly. Possibly. I mean, there's definitely stuff you can cut out here. I think, I think this duo is good enough at writing the music that with the exception of 
uh, Julian Moore's song, none of the songs feel like they're dragging down. They are. They also aren't like impressing me ever, but ever. Yeah, but they're perfectly like fine songs, and I think that's what. I, I think they're being sung fine enough. The fact that I couldn't tell when it was a reprise because I'm like, I'm pretty sure I heard this song already, even though it wasn't a reprise. I mean, you had, yeah. I know, yeah, exactly, because every song is the same. And apparently they cut a lot of songs too. Yeah, apparently that better, that's one of the things that people better, are mad about. Uh, show that Evan is a terrible person. Do you have anything else to say about Dear Evan Hansen? No, we've gotten everything we can out of this. So Joe, we suffered through one musical this week. Yeah. But we are going to be hopefully not suffering through another one. Uh, we're entering what's going to be a couple fallow weeks for Hot Trash releases. So Joe- Releases in general, anything that I'd really want to see and also would be like worth bringing to the podcast. Eh, like we're not going to do Dune. But because we're entering this kind of fallow period, Joe is bringing me another musical, one from his childhood. Do you I want can to- almost guarantee I could, I could bring up this movie to like anyone. No one would know what this movie is unless they were in my family. Yeah, okay. Or alive in 1962. I feel like everyone has those type of movies. Yeah. So I, what are we watching? We are going to be watching- Gay Paris, a movie about cats in Paris. A musical with Judy Garland, right? Her only animated role. This is going to be interesting. It bombed. How Aristocats is this? Not very. I was looking at it and trying to find stuff. Uh, everything came flooding back to me about this movie because I watched a lot as a kid. You, you know, you, you're a kid. You, you'll, Yeah, you rewatch movies. You just rewatch stuff all the time. I watched this a lot. Everything came flooding back and I'm like, oh, I'm going to have so many thoughts that I didn't know I'd have. Oh, this, yeah, this predates Aristocrats. This is a very old movie and it sounds like a very old movie too. I forgot when Aristocats came out, but it predates it by almost a decade. You'll hear it. You'll hear it in the the lines being delivered. Everything sounds like it's being recorded into like a megaphone. I'm excited because I've never heard of this movie. No one has. So, and I like Judy Garland. So we'll see. Um, But thank y'all for listening. Um, hey, if you ever end up in a situation like Evan Hansen, don't do anything he did. Don't, no, <laughs> just back away, run, run. <laughs> <laughs>